Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, March 13th, 2023. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm Tommy on a Sunday's podcast. Wow. This is how. This is how you know we sprung forward an hour because I'm Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Offie, but Sunday is biting me in the butt today. Yeah. And I will say you posted some videos, I think, or photos recently of you recording some new Tell Me on a Sundays, right? I did. I'm really excited. I don't have like a full like season three, I guess, launch date, but I'm excited for for all the the great people that I get to talk to. I mean, I'm sure you know, like... uh, getting to fit in another podcast is very difficult, but yes. I'm back on it, which I'm very excited about. Yeah, so absolutely. thank you all for continuing to support it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And we had a couple great other podcasts here in the Broadway radio feed over the weekend. First up on, depending on which feed it was in, Friday evening or Saturday morning uh, in Patreon. And then by the time you're hearing this, it'll go out on Monday. Jan Simpson's latest episode of All the Drama, in which she chronicled the 2009 winner of the Pulitzer Prize for Drama, which was Lynn Nottage's play Ruined. So that's out there. And then again, Saturday and or Sunday, depending on where you were listening to it, my episode with the great Patrick Page dropped. Uh, we talked about his uh, like love of not only William Shakespeare, but King Lear. Talked a little bit of Schmigadoon. Talked about why he always gets cast as like, really powerful foreboding rich guys which i think it's the voice he wasn't sure um but we talked about that and a lot of other things so both of those episodes are in various podcast feeds of course if you want to hear them before anyone else head over to patreon.com slash broadway radio broadway radio.com slash patreon all right grace there's not a ton of news but one of the coolest things that happened on friday that we haven't talked about yet here on broadway radio is that the upcoming broadway production of here lies love released a bunch of their i don't know if it's not concept images but it's david corin's renderings of what the newly renovated broadway theater will look like and it is a lot like it, there's a lot of changes that I think uh, people are going to be surprised about what it looks like from these images are is that the orchestra has been pared down to what I believe is like standing room only. And there's going to be playing spaces along what is the left and right sides of the orchestra, almost like catwalk looking things. Um, lots of disco balls, lots of uh, very cool neon lights. And then there's some images from up in the balcony that looks to be pretty much the same as normal. But when the show uh, premiered Off-Broadway at the Public Theater, it completely took over that Off-Broadway theater. And we've talked about how they've kind of had to completely renovate the Broadway to make this show continue to have that same vibe when it makes the transfer uptown. There's also a very cool video that kind of takes you through a lot of the artist renderings and a little bit more of a digital um, uncanny valley way, but very, very exciting. I'm going to read you some of the descriptions here from the press release, uh, starting first with how they describe the floor. Standing on the dance floor amidst the action at the center of Here Lies Love's nightclub-style setting, dancing is encouraged. You'll be moving around with the actors throughout the 90-minute performance. There are no seats on the floor. Wheelchair tickets are available on the floor for stationary wheel t- wheelchair locations. You can see the floor side seating space. That is an elevated seating alongside the dance floor with two rows of chairs located directly above the action happening right in front of you. Then the front mez is seated like a traditional theater while still very close. And then the rear mez is uh, kind of the very far back to be able to see everything. So some very cool images. Yeah. Hopefully this has 
uh, a great response like it did off-Broadway and all of these changes to the Broadway theater are worth it, Grace. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. I, I saw also there were like courtside seating arrangements yeah. Yeah, for that like, dance floor. Yeah, that's so like where the, be, the wheelchairs yeah. will be and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like more accessible seating. But I am curious as to where they will put, because obviously their quote, like either house seats or like press seats will be oh, yeah. strategically placed. And, and wherever those seats are, will have to be seated. And I wonder, like, to, to what extent there has there will be full view. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I am really excited and curious because I will never forget when I got to see the show. I went with a bunch of people that were currently in a production and they were dancing all the time and they mm -hmm. were exhausted and they were excited to sit down for a show. Oops. And then when we went... <laughs> we didn't sit down and we were dancing. So I know a lot of times people are looking to sit back and relax and watch a show. And then there are some people that are ready for a party. So hopefully this will accommodate everyone. Yeah, I would imagine that when you purchase tickets, at least purchasing, that that'll be very clearly identified as these are standing room only tickets. Um, based off the descriptions, I do wonder if maybe if those press seats will be in the front mez, it says that you're still very close to the action, especially because it's, you know, even the front mez at the Broadway is still quite a ways away. But because the playing space is going to be pulled out into the orchestra, it does seem like you'll be pretty close. So I wonder if it'll be there or if it will be on those like ringside seats that we talked about. So I guess we will have to wait and see. But that is a very good point. All right, let's move on to another show that is is making its way to Broadway. In fact, this one has begun preview performances, and it actually had to cancel one on Saturday evening, and that is Parade. They had some technical issues with the video that is a part of this production from the New, from the New York City Center Encore staging. If you saw it, like the projections aren't a big part of the show. It is not like it that is the scenery or anything. But uh, according to a source who was present for the cancellation, doors were not opened until approximately 745. And the projection, though, was not showing like it normally does. The projection eventually came on at about 812 p.m. However, at about 823 p.m., a crew member came out and said that the performance was being canceled because of an issue with the video. Everybody in the audience was offered full refunds. The reason for this is and you might think well it's not a huge deal like the projection doesn't actually add a whole lot to the storytelling but parade opens on thursday so i would imagine grace that there was probably a this fairly is a huge press performance yeah, yeah. exactly there's probably a ton of press there and even something that is minor and doesn't really change a whole lot of the production itself you don't want to have something not 100 when there are critics in the audience I, I personally, having seen it off broad or seen it at encores, I don't think that it would have changed a lick of difference in terms of the reviews. But there is a you know there is a little bit of an impact from those projections. Ultimately, that's the only decision that they could have made if they didn't think that the projections were going to work throughout the entirety of the evening. Yeah, it seems like that's the only thing. And I know a lot of people are upset, but it's like they, these people can't review a show in its entirety without all of its pieces. So uh, it's just really unfortunate because it's a Saturday night, you know? Yeah. Saturday night on Broadway is a big deal. And I, I guess I was surprised. Like I did see some of that as well, where people were upset that they canceled the performance, but like it's live theater y'all like that's, that happens. Like this is part of the gig. Obviously you never want that to happen. And if this had been a regular performance, like after opening, I, they probably wouldn't have canceled, but 
it wasn't a regular performance. This was a preview with critics. It, you know, I understand that people are disappointed, but oh well, that's that's what happens with these things. It sucks that people had to have their evenings ruined and didn't have the opportunity to see this incredible show. But that's part of the gamble that you take when you buy a ticket to live theater. Speaking of lots and lots of things that you can buy tickets to to see, we are going to dive into this week's theatrical schedule. There's a lot of stuff happening, so I'm not going to spend a ton of time on each of them, just to say that I will have links to all of the things that I talk about in the show notes if you want to check that out. Starting on Monday night, there are two off-Broadway openings, starting first at Lincoln Center Theater with the Coast Starlight, which is, I don't know a ton about it other than it's a show that takes place on a train, which I am always fascinated about. So it is a new play by Keith Bunnan and directed by Tyne Raffaelli. And that is always a good stuff with her because she is one of the best directors working off Broadway. The other opening happening on Monday night is a show, Grace, that you have seen and raved about in a modified sense because it was so early in previews, but this is New York Theatre Workshop's How to Defend Yourself. It is by Liliana Padilla and co-directed by Padilla, Rachel Chavkin, and Steph Paul. It is currently slated to run through April 2nd. I am sure that we will be paying close attention to those reviews when they come out on Monday night. Anything else you want to add to your early, I think maybe it was last Sunday when we talked about it, but anything else you want to add to that now that it is officially opening tonight? If you have a few dollars, you should buy a ticket right now because it's one of the best plays you'll see this year, um, if not the best one. And um, I would like to see it again. And also everyone that I talk to that is in my specific, like either um, gender or age demographic similarly has said a very similar sentiment that the subject matter is handled in a way that makes it to where even survivors of certain things can feel not only cathartic, but also get your mind turning. And it's it's fascinating. I can't wait for more people to see it. Wonderful. Uh, all right, let's move to Tuesday. And the one thing happening on Tuesday night is the first off-Broadway preview performance of Michael R. Jackson's new musical, White Girl in Danger. It is a co-production between the Vineyard Theater, who originally developed it, and Second Stage. It is currently scheduled to run through May 21st. It is directed by Liliana Blaine Cruz and choreographed by Raja Feather Kelly. So um, an interesting show. We've talked about the concept, which is kind of like based around a soap opera and all of the black supporting characters who never have an opportunity to actually be at the center of a of a uh, soap opera story. So very excited to hear what the follow-up to A Strange Loop is like when it begins performances on Tuesday. Then on Wednesday, we have the opening of The Harder They Come at the Public Theater Off-Broadway. Uh, this will be playing at the Newman Theater and is scheduled to run through April 2nd. It is a world premiere musical with a book by Susan Laurie Parks, including songs by Jimmy Cliff and additional songs by Park. Um, it is directed by Tony Tacone and co-directed by Sergio Trujillo. Um, have a bunch of information on that one in the show notes as well. Yeah, it's it's amazing that we're living in like a Susan Laurie Parks like Renaissance <laughs> era. Like I'm obsessed with with how much you know she's been able to kind of like be a part of our zeitgeist and um, even contribute like a book like this. I I really am looking forward to her being a book writer for many more musicals coming up, especially because this has become this is based on a, a huge Jamaican property. Yeah. Like this is this is based on something that is so infamous, especially for Jimmy Cliff's music. 
Um, there's just so many elements that I think that she uh, has nailed here. And of course, like, you know, we we can't talk too much about it because it's going to be opening soon. And I saw a very early preview. But um, I think that if you're a fan, which many people are of his music, that this is one that you'll definitely not want to miss. Yeah. So it is a musical adaptation of the 1972 film of the same name. Was I don't I don't know anything about it beyond that, though. Jimmy Cliff is like pretty notorious, like if you're in any kind of like uh, I don't know, like music scene uh, for like, you know, if you're if you're familiar with a bunch of different reggae artists, like his his appearing in and like performing songs for like the harder they come uh, is is really kind of like infamous. Um, I think he's also in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Like if you if you like know Bob Marley and know him to be kind of like that like reggae singer jimmy cliff is is comparable to be fair um and a lot of people listen to like his greatest hits his best hits like i think even like one of his songs was used in cool runnings like a lot of people don't Uh realize like the amount of crossover like culturally that he has had within like not only the jamaican community but also like the u.s like movie zeitgeist film stuff cool yeah Awesome. We already mentioned this, so I won't spend a ton of time on this, but opening on Thursday night on Broadway, of course, is Parade. It'll be uh, officially opening at the Bernard B. Jacobs Theater. It is currently scheduled to run through August 6th, directed by Michael Arden. This, of course, is the musical featuring a score by Jason Robert Brown and a book by Alfred Urey. An incredible cast who you probably are well familiar with at this point, but obviously headlined by Ben Platt and Michaela Diamond. We will obviously have a review recap episode when that goes up on Thursday night. Did you know that Alfred Yuri's like grandparents actually knew them? Like knew the Franks? I do. I had never heard that. Isn't no. that crazy? That is nuts. Like, and they don't like they didn't talk anytime like they would bring up uh, the Franks like Lucille or like Leo. People would just kind of go quiet at dinner because they like used to be friends, and it was kind of this like unspoken thing that happened in Atlanta, and nobody liked to to bring it up. Like, but they were they were friends. It's it's interesting. There's um, and I'll have to look at uh, where it lives on the internet. But there was a really recent interview that Michael Arden and Alfred Urey and Ben Platt uh, they did, uh, and now of course blanking on the name, uh, but they they did kind of like uh, a Q and A, and he talked a little bit about it. It was really fascinating, and you got to hear a little bit more about Michael's direction. And um, yeah, it was it was just really cool that there's a lot more information there that we didn't have. And so yeah, I, I love to to know that. I'm honestly kind of shocked that we'd never uh, that I'd never heard of before. So very cool. Um, on Friday evening, we have the next Broadway show beginning performances. This is Peter Pan Goes Wrong. It'll begin performances at the Ethel Barrymore Theater, currently slated to run through July 9th. It's, of course, is from the same folks who did the play that goes wrong, Mischief Theater Company. So this is a transfer from London. These are always super fun. Interested to see what this one brings to the table. Then we have a closing on Saturday, which is the Mint Theater Company's production of Becomes a Woman. On Sunday, we have another Broadway opening. This is Bob Fosse's Dance, and this is the Broadway revival of Bob Fosse's original production, which he did the choreography and is directed here by Wayne Salento. We will have those reviews when they come up on Sunday night. Also closing on Sunday, though, run through a bunch of these. Letters from Max, Off-Broadway from Signature Theater, Illyria from Atlantic Theater Company, and The Trees, Off-Broadway from Playwrights Horizons and Page 73. And also on Sunday, Newsicle, the musical, will be returning Off-Broadway. Again, we will have links to all of that in the show notes. 
All right, I will leave you with a feel-good recommendation. Last week, the great Billy Porter, in fact, his website is the, T-H-E-E, BillyPorter.com, released in uh, a schedule for his upcoming tour going all across the country. No stops here in Florida, unfortunately, but certainly if you are in one of the places that he is going to be, you do not want to miss this. It is going to kick off in Seattle, Washington at the Paramount Theater on April 29th and is currently scheduled to run through June 3rd at the Foxwood Casino Resort in uh, in Connecticut. So we will have uh, a link to that all in the show notes. And he recently appeared on that Jimmy Fallon show, What's My Jam, I think. And he did a cover of a Kelly Clarkson song, which is really cool. So I'll throw that link in the show notes as well. All right, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. Grace, where can people find you? You can find me on all forms of social media for the time being at It's Grace Aki. All right, everybody. Have a wonderful Monday, a wonderful week, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>